Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com, your one-stop shop for self-growth. Go there for workshops, classes, live classes, on-demand classes, certifications, retreats, whatever it is you are looking for, we have it. Come join us. And now for only $49.99 a month, you have unlimited access to all classes live and the entire on-demand schedule. So you can make it work for you. So if you are looking for a chance to deepen your practice, show up every day, or even just a couple times a week, this is the membership for you. We cannot wait to see you in class. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We have another fun forecast for you. We have Sophia Knapp on and we're doing tarot. Um, and she's great. And she teaches every single Thursday at 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time, a nice tarot visioning class. So join us for that. But we get a little bit of it today. We talk just about her story in general, which is great. I think one a lot of people can relate to about kind of feeling displaced. And then you find yourself a little bit later in life. But what kind of makes you displaced is what makes you so unique in the first place and so amazing. And when you can hone in on that skill set, it really, it's what gives you everything later. And she's doing that. And she's got, she's such a beautiful artist and her reading of tarot is so fantastic. And we're so lucky to have her in this community. We're lucky to have this conversation. Also, just so you know, tonight there's a Q and A with her on our IGTV. So go there at 5 30 PM West coast time, 8 30 PM. PM East Coast time, any questions you have, personal questions, you want to talk about anything and stay through this whole thing because we do a poll for today and you're smack in the middle of the eclipses right now. So we know it's intense. So this is a great episode to help kind of like relieve some of that stress or remind yourself where you're at, which always helps with it. Enjoy the episode. And oh, and of course, I, I want to make sure I mention an incredible Tarot 101 course. We get more questions about wanting to learn how to read tarot, how to read tarot, how to read for other people, wanting to understand it more. And we now have a course for you, which Sophia is leading. So starting June 15th in a couple of weeks. So sign up Tuesdays at 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time. And again, on demand anytime you can take this class. It's an hour and a half for six weeks every Tuesday evening, Tarot 101 with Sophia. So go to denanywhere.com, sign up, and we will see you tonight on IGTV on our Instagram and enjoy the episode. Look, I've been so excited to have this conversation because you being our tarot guru and everything, it's nice to have this conversation and let our audience get to know you better. Um, but let, well, let's start with it. Like, are, what are snake? Are snakes like part of tarot at all? Let's you know, start with my shit. <laughs> yeah, snakes aren't in the tarot. I think the only card that they're in is the Wheel of Fortune. Let me see. Snakes are so representative of transformation and growth and kundalini awakening mm -hmm. and fear and sex and death. So they're so prominent in, you know, in mysticism in general. I know. So that's what I've been trying to really work on is that. And I feel like I've really befriended them more in that sense. And I can tell because I don't get the same panic when I think about them or. So yeah, right. I found the wheel of fortune. This is the only one with the snake in it. So there's the golden serpent on the side of the wheel. And yeah, serpents often represent fear because they do arouse fear in so many people. Are those Hebrew letters? Yes. Yes. So the tarot has connections to, you know, so many esoteric 
and Kabbalah religious faiths. Yeah. Yeah. The Kabbalah and the creator, this is the writer, Waite Smith deck um, was, you know, a Freemason as well. So there's a lot of the okay, symbols that are connected that's with a Freemasonry. Another cool, that's a whole nother cool thing. The symbolism in Freemasonry is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Tarot's so deep. That's why I'm so excited to teach the six week course so that we can really get into the nitty gritty of what all these things mean. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, let's start off the bat. So you guys, if you're interested and we're going to have a great conversation, but she is, she's doing a, Hey, come learn tarot. It's for six weeks. It starts June 15th and it's yes, Tuesdays, June 15th. At, Tuesdays at 5 PM, right? Um, for an hour and a half, five to six thirty, yes. and that's West Coast time. So East Coasters adjust that eight to nine thirty, or wherever you are in the world. And as you guys know, with this new system, which is great, catch it when you can, or grab the replay. So join and pop in and pop out as you can, but join. It'll be a great community and a great group. And how awesome to have you be able to, like you said, get into the nitty gritty. Because I know you guys can't see it, but she just held up that one card, and the layers in that one card are insane. It's just it's deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's so complex. It's so complex. And with the course, I'll be able to really describe each card and explain how the symbols are interconnected. And I like to use this deck because it's very traditional. You know, it's the foundation of modern tarot, really. And there's so many beautiful contemporary decks that I like to work with. But for the class, I like to start with this one because it's, it's like the symbol key to the other decks that you'll see. So talk to me a little bit about how did you even start with tarot? Because you're also a musician. Yes, I'm also a musician. Which yes. I love. So how did even tarot Thank come you. into your life? So I've always had an interest in the mystical ever since I was a little kid. You know, when other girls were dressing up like princesses, I had a wizard costume and a dragon <laughs> costume. <laughs> dragon I wore a dragon costume, costume for a whole year. <laughs> like every day, cool. like to school type of thing? Yes, I would wear my clothes over the dragon costume and wait so by the dryer was, when it was being, you know. Did the dragon costume have a tail? Yes. Like yes. that extended yes. off your body? Mm hmm Amazing. And so you wore clothes over the tail? Like, did the tail stick out? Did you go to school with yeah. the tail? Like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I did. I need pictures of this. <laughs> I, have some, I have some documentation. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I've always been into the, the mystic arts. I remember when I was, you know, in middle school, and I didn't have a lot of friends because I was really different. I you had a tail. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was a bit later, um, and I would go to the library and and read about astrology, you know, during lunchtime because it was interesting to me. Where were you raised? I was raised in San Francisco, and that's which is interesting because it's a city. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting mm -hmm. that you still felt. What made you feel different? Like when you talk about that time of your life. I just felt like I didn't fit in. You know, when I went to art school, when I was older, that was the moment where I felt, oh, these are my people. And also when I went to a pre-college art summer camp and summer camp, but I think, you know, I've always been very artistic and just seen the world very differently. And I, I wasn't vibing with the competition in middle school, you know, with the girls. I didn't play sports. I had a pixie haircut, you know, I was just kind of on a different wavelength. Yeah. It was and I think the, the older I've gotten, the more I feel at ease with that. And and you find your community, you know, as you develop your skills and and work in the world and 
and school is always a struggle for me. The physical school too, like learning or just the social aspect of school? I did well academically, but I also just felt like I struggled to focus. You know, I performed well, but it just wasn't where my, where my interests were. Yeah. And I actually um, did homeschooling for the last two years of high school because I knew that I wanted to accelerate learning in other areas. Okay. So did you pitch this to your parents? Like, were you the one who yeah. came home? Okay. Yeah. Tell me how that went. So you come back, <laughs> what, after sophomore year, like after, in the summer, when did you pitch it? Well, I was, you know, smoking weed and, and cutting class sometimes, but I was still getting straight A's mm. and I was taking figure drawing classes and actually studying circus skills. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm going to develop more with my art and my other creative pursuits if I can, you know, do this on my own time at, at home and have tutors. And, you know, I, I studied art in college. And I think taking that time away from regular high school enabled me to really develop my art practice and apply to art college and, and succeed in that. And so I just had more time to create. And I said, hey, I know I can get everything done in way less time if I don't have to, you know, be there the whole day because it's not really the best use of my energy. And they went for it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, my parents are amazing. Like a lot of parents would have been like, no, get your ass in school. Like they just wouldn't have trusted it. Yeah, they're very open minded. I'm so grateful for my family. They're, they're just really lovely, inspiring people and, and always believed in me. And, you know, they're very supportive of the tarot. Sometimes my mom comes to my classes, which is really fun. Um, I know, you know, my mom's been coming to my classes too. It's, it's really sweet. That's so sweet. I Your know. mom does Kundalini. I she's love been, it. She's been doing Kundalini, not even the guided ones in the morning. She comes, she likes Kundalini. She's like, I like how active it is. My mom's turning 80 in like two weeks. Wow. She's like, I like how active it is. She shows up. She like chats. She joins. It's really impressive, actually. How it um, must be so good for her too, physically to get the energy moving. And my mom's very active. Yeah. How um how like did your parents have parameters with it? Were they like, or were they just like, sure, we'll try it? Or were they like, okay, you can do it, but you have to do X, Y, and Z? Was it like you have to be no, they didn't really set any parameters. I only had a tutor for math. And how did you like now this is the homeschool part of it. Did you just mm -hmm. submit to like homeschool whatever like mm -hmm. homeschool.com and then you got like I mean I know that didn't exist then but like then you got like whatever it was you had to do. Like did you know who did you figure out every all the requirements and everything you had to do to actually pass and keep going? So there is an online school called Oak Meadow that's based in Vermont. So, and a lot of, a lot of students that are performers, you know, and travel like dancers and things like that would enroll in that. So I had teachers that would look through my papers and, and grade them and then send feedback. So, and you never met them? doing school virtually. No, I never met them. I didn't even know what they looked like. That's so crazy. And did you get good mm -hmm. grades? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that part. And yeah. I take it you just didn't have a ton of friends in high school anyway, so you didn't feel like you were missing that social interaction. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, I had like a, a small group of friends that I was really close to and who I'm actually still very close to, which makes me so happy because we've grown together. Did they feel but abandoned I just had my little posse. No. No. And they actually went to other schools anyways. So. Oh, they did. Mm -hmm. Um 
so then you went to art school and Mm -hmm. was it instant? Like the minute you showed up for orientation or whatever it was, were you like, like yeah, I I remember looking around and just saying, oh my gosh, like these are all the weird kids from all around the country and we're all here together. It was this amazing, exhilarating feeling and seeing everyone's outfits and their, you know, they were so expressive and, and unique and, uh, it was, it was like thrilling really to see other kids my age that were so engaged with, with art and creativity. And then do you feel like that's where everything kind of started to settle for you or, you know, cause you were saying you've just now come to, you've kind of started to come to terms with kind of, you're comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like because of being in an environment where you don't feel comfortable, like how long does that stay with you? You know what I mean? Like, I feel, did you walk into art school and it washes away, or is that something that stays with you even though you're now with peers? I feel it stayed with me in some ways because I changed schools a lot and, you know, have gone through so many transitions in my life. I've moved a lot, you know, around the country and traveled, which is one of my greatest loves. I love traveling, it's so inspiring to me. Um, but in some ways, that independence or feeling of kind of doing things on my own terms has stuck with me, but it feels so good to have more community and to feel more interconnectedness. Um, And also I'm so grateful for the spiritual community because that was something that I didn't really have while I was in art school. I had my roommate who I learned tarot with um, who I'm still very good friends with. And that was part of my tarot journey was, you know, I got into tarot because I had this, this, interest in the mystic arts. And then we lived together and would read for each other all the time. It was like a hobby, really. And then people started asking me for more readings. So I started charging. And it was, it was very organic. And, you know, I've always been clairvoyant. It runs in my family, even when I was a little kid, like I knew I would literally see things. And, and be able to see things that weren't in front of me. And um, like, what? You know, I think like, for example, I would be picking up the neighbor's mail and they weren't expecting any packages, but I would see that there was a package behind the planter. Like my mom has a specific memory of me saying, Oh, there's, there's a package behind that pot, you know? And she said, they're not expecting any packages, but then I went over and it was there. Like the box was there exactly where I saw it. So things like that, it's not even that exciting. You know, it can be really (laughs) banal sometimes with clairvoyance. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, it's not really like bringing any spiritual awakening to anyone, but it just clued me into the fact that my perception was unique. And also I would talk about things like I knew they were going to happen, which I think was challenging sometimes for my parents, especially my mom, because it would seem like I was bragging or like overly confident. Like, I know I'm going to win that contest. I'm going to win it. I'm going to win first place. And then I did, you know, but I would talk like things had already happened. Right. That's because I knew like from an intuitive perspective, you know, I'm going to, I won the costume contest at the local grocery store. (laughs) I won like $150 in in Toys R Us money, like Jeffrey bucks. And it was Yeah, it was like the most, it was so much money, you know, when you're like eight years old or seven, um, that was just like unfathomable. And and I just walked in there and I took the picture. I had this 
costume that was based on Cats the musical. And I said, I know I'm going to win this. I just know I'm going to win it. <laughs> that's that's incredible. It's um, <laughs> Now, do you feel like that sta- has stayed with you or did it go away as you grew up? No, it has stayed with me in certain situations. Sometimes it is challenging to see your own life clearly. I get <laughs> readings from other people because I don't read cards for myself because I just see what I want to see. Right. You know, I have an ego. <laughs> we I, all do. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, of course, I don't want to hear my own messages sometimes. So I, I do seek guidance and I don't, you know, I tap into my instincts, my gut feelings about things. I love um, doing guided writing and journaling. I also have a pendulum that I ask for more yes, no questions and business questions. But, you know, I don't, I don't feel that I always have an accurate view on my own life because I'm too much in it. You know? A thousand percent. I think that's really smart. So I want to talk about something I feel like people do not take enough advantage of, our certifications. A lot of people don't realize we have as many certifications as we do. Here's a beauty. You can now do it no matter where you live in the world or what your time zone is. There is something for you. And again, certifications are a brilliant way if you're looking to change your career, if you're interested in something you just want to know more, or frankly, if you kind of are craving to go on a deeper journey with yourself. Certifications are a brilliant way to do that. And we cover everything from Reiki's all the way up to master level, intuitive healing trainings if you're really looking to hone that psychic ability or become an energetic healer, Um, teacher training, which is an intense, incredible program for self-exploration, or if you want to become a teacher, animal communications, breath work, the list goes on and we're always adding new courses and ways to expand what you know and what you want to learn. So go to denanywhere.com, check out certifications and courses and join us. So you would go in high school to the library, you would pull up like astrology books, you were kind of reading astrology. You Mm -hmm. always had an interest in kind of that mysticism. Yes. And then yeah, you, always. Yeah, like even when you were a kid, mm-hmm. like really young. Yeah, and I remember. I think it was for my thirteenth or twelfth birthday. My school was close to the Psychic Eye Bookshop in San Francisco, and I asked for a reading for my birthday um, from my mom, and she got one for me. What did they say? Do you remember? Was it good? Yeah, and I think that is part of what opened me up to the path as well. I don't remember the information, but I saw a woman named Rosemary and I actually tried to look her up and couldn't find her, but I was having really bad migraines and I still get migraines, but I was having them where I was having like blind spots and it was really debilitating and I was missing a lot of school and stuff. And I told her about that and she did, you know, it must've been Reiki. I don't remember the details of it, but she was doing some healing with her hands and I felt like energy moving up my spine. It was probably like Kundalini energy in a way that I had never felt that before. Like I felt this movement happening. Um, And then after that, I stopped getting the auras. So my headaches improved and it really opened my eyes to that. And this was the same, this was a psychic woman or a different woman? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, she was at the psychic eye bookshop, but she must've been doing energy healing because it was, you know, she had her hands like this and moved up my back. And since then, I don't get auras anymore. I still get migraines, but I don't have the same like visual disorientation. So she shifted something. 
And mm-hmm. after that, it really, I really started believing, you know, and it, it made me more curious. And this was 13. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did she, was, did she also do a psychic reading too? I don't remember. I only remember the, the energy healing part. And I remember we were in like, it was like a small booth with a curtain with red lighting. And <laughs> yeah. And she was, I feel like she had like scarves on and glasses and, you know, she definitely seemed like she was the real deal. She was probably in her sixties. And you looked for her since? Yeah. I tried looking her up online, like Rosemary psychic guy bookshop and couldn't find anything, but it was such a long time ago. Yeah. That's amazing though. So then you went to art school where, Mm -hmm. and then when was your roommate during art school or after art school? That was in art school. And that's when you guys, so how did you pick up tarot though? Who did it? What made you like, what, tell me what kind of brought you to it at the moment. So we went for readings at the Scarlet Sage in San Francisco, which is such a wonderful shop in the Mission District. And we got readings with this woman named Kate Winch, who's who's amazing. She does EFT tapping mm-hmm. and healing. And she did readings with the Voyager deck, which is so special. It's collaged. And I remember just falling in love with the cards and also some of the things that she said in the reading happened. Like she pulled the eight of wands and said, oh, you're going to get a phone call. You know, you're going to get an opportunity coming in soon. And then I got asked to go on this really exciting, like three week tour, like a week later after that reading. Oh, and that's amazing. yeah, so my interest in it was really, you know, it was like gasoline on the fire when I had these readings that inspired me and helped me. And yeah, after after our sessions with Kate, you know, we got decks. And since we lived together, we would pull cards almost every day and talk about it. And everyone wants a reading. You know, it's easy to practice if you're getting into it because it's so fun. That's so true, actually. I didn't think about yeah. it. And so do you feel like if you go back to that beginning where you were just like kind of reading the book the whole time and then t- talk to me about how it got deeper and how you feel like you really started to like because you read with such nuance. So how, talk to me a little bit more about that. Thank you. Um, So I had a couple books that I read. One that I recommend and I recommend to my students is called Tarot for Yourself by Mary Kay Greer. And that has a lot of writing in it and it's so comprehensive. So I read that and also just the booklets that come with the cards. And I actually, this was another kind of stroke of fate. I sat on an airplane next to a man who looked like David Crosby Mm -hmm. and I was reading my tarot book. And then he said, Oh, he looked over and said, you know, you're, you're studying tarot. I read tarot. And he went through the deck and explained his meanings to me, which he was, you know, he was like an old school kind of dragon slayer guy. Um, I remember him showing, showing me some things on his phone. It was like pictures of him and his wife at the Renaissance fair. It's like, wow, you know, this, this guy knows. Um, so I learned a lot also from this man on this flight from New York to San Francisco. Um, and a lot of the things that I still go to or the meanings were things that he said to me, I think, because I was so excited that they like really imprinted on my mind. That's so interesting. So you basically had a free private. Yes. With this man. And yeah. did, you, did you ever keep in touch with him? 
No, his name was Doug. And I think I emailed him and like didn't hear back from him. <laughs> Doug the tarot reader. I love Yeah, that. Doug the tarot reader. And he totally looked like David Crosby. Like he had this, like, you know, he had some amazing life stories. Wow. And he had this like white kind of wild hair. Um, but I, I didn't do a lot of, or actually I didn't do any formal study. I was going to say a lot, but I didn't do any. It was really through reading and through this experience I had with this man. And, and then from my own experiences reading for so many people, because as a reader, you develop your own kind of Rolodex of memories because every reading you do, at least for me, you know, I remember the stories of what the reading's about. And then that informs the other readings I do. Even if I don't remember the specific person, if it was a long time ago, I still remember this card came up and that's what it meant. And so every reading that you do, you build on your understanding. So it's like you're creating your own library of reference. And yes. it gets larger every time. I love that. And so mm -hmm. talk to me about like what attracted you to the cards and what it is about the cards for you. They're so beautiful. Mm. They're so beautiful. I mean, they're like storybooks. I love children's books. Illustrations always have. Um, you know, that's that's part of what inspired me to go to art school too is illustration. Mm. And they're just so exquisite in the amount of detail and the colors, you know, they're so aesthetically pleasing. And one of the first decks that I had was the Aquarian Tarot, which I actually don't have a copy of with me right now because I wore that deck out <laughs> to the point that it disintegrated. Um, but it has a very kind of, it's like from 1970, but it has an art deco feel to it. So some of them are very rock and roll feeling mm -hmm. in a way they look like Fillmore posters. Like this is one of my favorite decks, the Lynn Weave deck. Um, so oh, yeah. I love, you know, the different, different styles and they're so intriguing. When, so when someone's getting a reading or if you're giving one, I mean, is there something about connecting to the style that it's done? Cause I know it's like, mm -hmm like the cards are the cards and their significance, but is there something about kind of the style that you either choose to use or the client chooses? Do you think there's a yes. layer of reading that goes into that? Yes, definitely. Um, I freeform everything. So sometimes I just pick a deck before a session because it's what I feel like using that day. But some days I will offer a couple options. You know, so I'll have a couple of decks and say, hey, which deck do you feel drawn to? Even just showing them the back of the card mm -hmm. to see which one they gravitate to more. And I, I always encourage people to just use the decks that they feel excited about. Like there's, a, you know, there's a, I wouldn't say a myth because if someone believes it, you know, then that's what works for them. But, but there's a story that, you know, you should get a deck because someone gives it to you. Like you shouldn't pick out your own deck. And people ask me about that all the time, but I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. I think it's great to pick out your own deck. You know, if you feel called to read tarot, like go get a deck. It's don't funny. wait for someone to give it to you. I've heard that you know? too. And I thought that was so strange. I was like, yeah, same thing. It's like, what if you want to read it? And also like you were saying, there's so many different styles. So like, mm -hmm. what if there's something that really resonates with you? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, kind of superstition. And I, I see tarot in a way that's empowering. 
Like, I think it's something that is accessible to people and, and I think it should be accessible to everyone. And, and not that everyone who reads tarot needs to be reading it for other people or charging money for it. It's a beautiful tool to have access to in your own development. And it's a pleasure to learn it. You know, it's fascinating. I remember learning tarot. It makes my brain feel good. Uh -huh. You know, it's like learning a language because you're just connecting things. And it's, you know, very fascinating. Hey, so I wanted to talk about our memberships. So if you are listening to this, no matter where you are in the world, you can now be a part of our community for $49.99. That's it. You can take class every single day as much as you want. You can take classes 10 times a day if you'd like. Between our live schedule and on our on-demand library, you will have unlimited access. What's beautiful about this now is make it work for you. Whatever you respond to, however you are growing, you will have the ability to set your own schedule and again, like I said, make it work for you. So join us. Become a denizen. $49.99. We can't wait to see you in class. So talk to me a little bit about placement of like where you lay cart. Like what are the different types of readings you can do? So I really freeform. The way I read is really fluid. And I have certain basic spreads that I do where I kind of build on them. So, and, and that's something I'll teach in the class as well. There are certain like building blocks because you're really, not everyone shares a lot in reading. Some people literally have a reading and, and say almost nothing and that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but the way I read, it's like, I'll start with one spread. I'll hear a question in my head pull more cards to answer that question. Maybe I'll hear another question or say, okay, I should look more into this. Then I pull more cards. So it's very fluid. But once you know some basic spreads, you can just use them to kind of build a route through the person's story or like through their life. And I read with a lot of clairvoyance and instinct. So I have done readings where I don't use cards at all. You know, I used to work at House of Intuition and I would do readings that were clairvoyant only. I like having access to the cards and not saying, okay, I'm doing clairvoyant only readings because, you know, I may do a tarot reading where I barely pull cards. Right. But it's nice having them there. I like the freedom to use those tools, you know, or to use a pendulum. If, some, if someone's asking a yes or no question and that helps to kind of take out the logical mind from the question. So I just like having total freedom and, and flexibility. Does your clairvoyance come in a lot now? All the time. Do you, are you good? Yeah. And have you, are you good about turning it off or knowing when like it can't, like how did, what's that relationship for you? Like, yeah, I, I'm always aware of it. I definitely don't go walking around in LA, like, you know, astral projecting into people's mm -hmm. lives because it would totally freak me out. Um, so I do, you know, turn it on. And it's like tuning to a radio station. So if I'm reading for someone, it's like I tune into their station. I tune into their frequency and then I turn it off. It's also really helpful when I do readings to have transitions before and after. So, you know, I will do something to shift after a reading. Maybe I'll go for a walk around the block. You know, maybe I'll spray some rose water on my face to do something to get out of that, something physical to get out right. of that mode. Because it's very important to have clear endings and beginnings with readings. That makes sense. 
Did you do, mm-hmm. like, a, do you do, you said you don't read your own cards, but do you do like a daily poll for yourself or do you ever do that of like, Hey, I should be no. No, I don't. I did when I was learning. And I think it's a really good practice to, to do when you're starting out and I'm still learning. Of course, tarot is like a never ending journey. So I'm right. still learning, but I don't do the daily poll. I'm more like doing journaling um, because it helps me to release whatever's in my head and helps me to remember my dreams more. So I more have a daily journal journaling practice. Are you a big dreamer? Yes. Yeah. Are you good at remembering them? When I'm in the practice of journaling, I remember them very clearly. And then sometimes I forget them if I don't write them down, down right away. Right. They can kind of flee. Mine are like that too. And it's always drives me crazy because like in my mornings, it's usually like a dog waking me up or a child waking me up. And I'm like, oh, if I just had like four more minutes, I could have like somehow I was so close to recalling that dream. But then they're like, bye bye. See ya. Yeah. I'm gone. And I train leaves the station. Train leaves (laughs) the dream leaves the station. It's so true. It's so true. Did you do like so this gets released? Can you pull cards for the future? Yeah. So this gets released next Tuesday. So it's, it'll be, I want to get the date right. So everyone knows that what I'm saying, whatever it's released, you guys are hearing it. I don't have to tell you what the date is. So today is, but if you're listening to it in the future, can we pull a card for that day? Yeah. So the 28th, is that what it is? Hold on. When the podcast comes out. Yeah. It'll be the first. Oh, the first of June. Oh yeah. Oh, right. And also tonight, you guys, June 1st in the evening, Sophia is going to be doing a live Q&A on our Instagram, so IGTV. So go there if you have any questions about tarot or questions for yourself or anything that you've been wanting to work out. It's such a great time. I mean, there's so many questions. and I, People tend to have a lot of personal questions, I feel like, with tarot mm-hmm. also. So like, ask away. Yes. That's a perfect thing. But So for June 1st, let's pull a card. And then this will be interesting, too, because if you're listening to this in the future of that, you can go back and kind of remember what's going on so we can just do a general poll for the day what do you think what do you want to pull it for I love that idea (laughs) that's fun to do something in the future and then have people listen to it even further forward than the day yeah Yeah, time is not linear it's not not linear folks we're reading for June 1st (laughs) we're gonna be reading for June 1st and then And also on June 1st, like I said, if you are lucky enough to be catching this podcast today and you have questions like you're exploring tarot or you have, you know, you just got a tarot read and you still have something in your mind, um, go to our IG at 5.30 p.m. West Coast time, 8.30 p.m. East Coast time or whatever that translates to whatever time zone you are in. I'm still pitching. There should just be one standard like work time zone that everyone uses. Just yes. And I even agree. if it means and just keep it as one standard thing so that especially now that everyone's working from everywhere, that whenever you're scheduling meetings or anything, you just use that time zone. So everyone automatically knows wherever they are, they know how to do that math. Versus I feel like I always have to do all different math every time someone sends me something like mountain, Pacific, East. Yeah. And I'm, ah, I'm always looking it up versus just do one time zone that we all know how to shift to it. Yeah. And crypto, everything's UTC, which is the universal time. <laughs> we but should then just if do that. Yeah. If you're trying to plan something, it's like a lot of things will go live at like 3.30 a.m. PST. So it's, it's crazy. But I guess 
a lot of the den community is more based in the U.S., right? So it's easier yeah. to coordinate. But we're getting everywhere. I feel like UTC, that would probably be smart. Oh, I want to talk yeah. about crypto. So mm-hmm. are you totally into it? <laughs> I'm I'm totally nerding out on that. Yeah, I am. I have I have uh, Jupiter and Aquarius, so I, I like exploring new technologies. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And astrology, obviously. Yes. Yes. Are you, um, did you do it? Oh. Yeah. So I pulled some cards. All right. Here we go, guys. Yeah, I pulled two. So I pulled the Three of Swords, Mm. which can be quite a challenging card. It's literally a heart with the Three Swords stabbing it. I feel like this is one of the most iconic cards in tarot. Why is it so iconic? Explain that. Because it's so visceral. You know, it's literally like this, you know, Valentine's Day red heart with storm clouds with diagonal sheets of rain falling down and then three swords stabbing the heart. It's like, you can't not know what that means, like seeing that, right? So it can be, you know, heartbreak or loss, but also catharsis. Like, it's not that this always has to be like about suffering, you know, it can be about really turning a page, like a a snake shedding its skin, or being able to really let go of something like, you know, when you see this car, just instinctively that this cannot be fixed. Right. So something, and it's interesting because it's falling in between the two eclipses, correct? Mm-hmm. So that actually yes. kind of makes a lot of sense. Like chances are, if you're listening or if you're going backwards and looking at the date, chances are you are in the middle of having to let go of something, whether you're aware of it yes. or not. So yeah. It's actually a crazy card. And it's reminding us like, you got no choice in this, which is what we've been told about this eclipse is like, you mm-hmm. have no choice in this matter. This shit has got to go. Yes. So it's just what shit for you. Yeah. And it's like letting the rain wash it away too. You know, the rain can be cleansing. Like there's the rain coming down and the storm clouds, which don't look very friendly, but really if, if you're letting go of something, it's great to have the rain fall on you. Yeah. And because it's, Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I would rather hear what you have to say. Yeah, and I mean, the rain <laughs> makes the flowers grow. No, the rain makes the flowers grow. And and this card also is about kind of slaying any uncertainty. With the three swords, it's like, okay, if the first sword didn't break your heart and the second sword didn't break your heart, the third one definitely will, <laughs> you know? Um, so there, there's like a finality or certainty to this card. And then the other card that I pulled is the six of wands, which is like a party card. And I feel that a lot of people will be emerging from this kind of eclipse tunnel or eclipse portal in between the two eclipses with a lot to celebrate and a lot of joy. You know, there's celebration also in in crossing through, uh, you know, a threshold of release or, or really letting something go and really letting yourself grieve. In a way, this is saying, okay, not fighting whatever hardship you may be going through really opens the door to be able to experience joy. What are the six, what's the symbolism of it? So sixes and threes actually both have a lot of movement because three is about cycles, you know, a triangle, it's like a flame, like fire, Mm -hmm. like it's moving, you know, triangles are not static. And 
you know, the, the sixes are two triangles. The threes and sixes also talk about collaboration a lot, like joining forces with others. And the sixes, they all have a lot of movement. So all of the different sixes in the deck, there's the lover's card, which is number six in the major arcana. And that's about, you know, growing through connection with another person, not that it has to be romantic, but that talks about how, you know, we become more dynamic by being involved with other people. And the wands are fire. So they're about excitement and expression and physical activity and, you know, yeah, joy. And you can see in this card, the six of wands. Um, and, and if you're listening to the podcast, look up the six of wands from the Rider Waite Smith deck. And you'll see there's this person on horseback holding a, a kind of like a staff, a wand with a laurel wreath on it. And then there are a bunch of other wands in the background that that's showing a, a community or a group of people that are celebrating this person or cele celebrating their return. And so I just see this as a message that you know, allowing yourself to experience your full range of emotion, like really clears the way for new experiences. And this is about really experiencing whatever lows may come up. In a way, this is, Sports, yeah. yeah, this is like the opposite of spiritual bypassing, right? It's saying, okay, your heart may be broken. That's a part of life. Like loss is inevitable. You know, that's the message of this card as well. Um, in one or more areas of life. I mean, the tarot is like real talk. You know, that's yeah. what I love about it. It does not sugarcoat things. But then the six of wands is like, but there will be more parties. You Could know? it also be like a version of, because I love this combination of if, well, not if, because you said there's no choice about it, but after the break, after whatever it is, the shift, whatever the three of wands mm -hmm. for you signifies, you will mm -hmm. be celebrated. Like there'll be mm -hmm. room for celebration of, so even though it might hurt in the process, it's, mm -hmm. it, it brings you to a bigger celebration. Yes. And it's a comeback card. Oh, I well. like a comeback so card. So saying people, people love having you in their mm. life, you know, and it's also about community. So connecting with community. So if you are going through something that's quite painful, you know, to surround yourself with the people that see you for who you are and see your potential and are excited to help you kind of pass through whatever kind of spiritual initiation you may be having, like the people that will help, that will walk forward with you. Because this is like a procession. It's kind of like yeah, a parade. Yeah, it is like a parade. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that we pulled this because because this eclipse is very emotional. It it has been very emotional. I mean, it is already. And I know <laughs> we, were, we were actually talking about this in the beginning of the <sighs> episode. It's so and, and it is like you guys are going to probably be, especially by the time this comes out in it, because you'll yeah. be now feeling it'll be waning from the first one, but ramping up to that second one. So, I mean, you're smack in the middle of it. That's going to be a lot of energy when, so it makes sense that you pulled the three of swords because it's like, it's so much energy happening and happening around these eclipses that are just all about kind of restructuring and letting go. And boy, that's so cool. I love it. I'm so glad we did that. 
So we Me need to hear too. you guys have to let us know how that applies to you or, and by the way, jump on the Q and a too, which is tonight, because that'll be great. And you can also let Sophia know herself, or if you have more questions about it, about the cards, because I'm sure everyone's probably like, well, you might have your story that how it applies to you and want to know more, which I think is great. And that's what she's here for. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about it. I know me too. I think everyone should report back you are. And then maybe, you know, we can also maybe that day too, we can draw it on, on our IG. So people see it earlier too. We can like reshow it. And so people can talk Mm -hmm. about it. Um, Yeah. And also, you know, Sophia teaches every week with us, which is amazing. Um, Thursday nights, right? 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time, or again, we're on demand. So it's what I love about this. You can take classes whenever, but it's so, it's so great to be able to have a deeper tarot read as well as like a meditation about the themes that are coming up from Mm -hmm. that read. So you have to join us. If you could say, like, do you feel like, I know you just went through some medical stuff as well. Mm -hmm, I did. Do you feel like there's something about tarot that helps you get through this stuff? Yes. Yes. I feel, you know, being a tarot reader is a spiritual practice of sorts because when you're channeling or when you're reading, you really need to let go of your opinions about things. You really need to let go of what you think. And so I feel that doing readings all the time helps me to be more in the flow because you know that's that's actually part of why I like doing readings virtually you know I, I am getting back to doing events in person which is really fun because um, I like I'm very social so I really enjoy talking to people and seeing people in person um, but I do like doing readings on the phone because then I have no absolutely no like thoughts about, you know, what the person's wearing. Like there are no clues mm-hmm. into their identity, like maybe only their, their name and their location um, or their email address, you know, but right. I find it very refreshing to do readings virtually because it's just in some ways, like the less information, the better. Like I like to go into readings with no backstory. You know, sometimes that. if, if friends ask me for readings, you know, I will, for the most part, do readings for friends. I'm comfortable doing that as long as I know that they are comfortable hearing whatever comes up, even if it's not like what they want to hear. Um, but sometimes I'll say no, if I'm familiar with the situation, because I'll say, you know, you should really read with someone who has no idea what's going on in your life. Right. And I get that too. Cause I feel like the energy also people underestimate well, unless you've experienced, I mean, like you said, time, you know, does not exist. It's a pretzel. It's the same thing. Energy lives everywhere. So like yeah. we can pick up on each other's energy, even though you're not in the same room, a thousand percent, mm-hmm. you can read it. You can, like you said, you're clairvoyant. Like you didn't have to be standing on the stoop to see the box behind the thing. Mm-mm. You mm-hmm. you were in a totally different place. So you don't need to be anywhere to do it. Mm-mm. Yeah. I have clients I've been reading for, for years who I don't even know what they look like other than what I see in my mind's eye, you know? Um, That's so neat. I love that. Yeah, me too. But yeah, reading cards, you know, I do feel that it, that it helps me to be a better person. Um, 
just connecting with people and, and always second guessing my own judgments that I might be making not only about other people, but about myself. And it, you know, tarot can be bitter medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely gotten readings. I'd say most of the readings I've had where I'm like, I know that's true. That's not what I want to hear, but I know you're right. Um, Right. So I found tarot to be very helpful for me in terms of receiving readings as well. Yeah. Because I know it's right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I knew that card was going to come up. Crap. (laughs) Do you feel that? By the way, like you said, I like when you you were a kid and you were like, I know I'm going to win that contest. Are you like, I know I'm getting the three of swords. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, yeah. Yes. It is interesting. Like, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like, yeah. And I, you know, do you feel like sometimes if you keep layering it and layering it and the cards just keep coming up, making the same point? Yeah. And I'll do readings sometimes where someone will ask me the same question and just phrase it differently or the cards will say the same thing, just in a different combination. And I'll say, Hey, you know, this is the same question. You're going to keep getting the same answer. Like let's, let's ask something else. Right. You know, Cause this is, it's like, that's the message and tarot will just like bonk you on the head with like a hammer. Like, this is what it is. This is what it is. Like sometimes it has an attitude, you know, like, Oh, there are 78 cards in the deck. I'll reshuffle the deck and say, okay, I'll, I'll pull a card for confirmation, you know, and then it will be the same card. And there's 72 cards and they're all individually different. Correct. 78, like mm-hmm. 78. Sorry. And they don't repeat. No, there are no repeating cards. And it's amazing how you can reshuffle and then pull the same card. That's crazy. Yeah. Tarot, tarot can be like kind of bitchy. Do you, you know? I mean, I love the personality. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever use like a tarot card kind of as like, you know, some people have like an animal or like spirits mm-hmm. for spirit medicine. Is there sometimes like, you're like, this is my card for the year. And you use that as like your medicine for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sometimes I put cards on my um, screen on my phone. Mm. So I'll use it as a wallpaper to remind me of something that I'm working with, or I will do magic like can I like working with candles a lot. And I will do spells where I, you know, work with one card to kind of summon that, that theme or that energy. And I, I do work with cards actively in meditation. Mm-hmm. It's very dynamic, that's for sure. And I think that's what's so incredible about it. You don't realize how dynamic cards can be. It's very dynamic. Yeah, and it's. I think of it as a language because when you start to learn tarot, you start to think in tarot in some ways. You know, your understanding of the elements or certain symbols or objects take on like a new meaning. And then you start seeing it in the world. Mm-hmm. Then you start seeing it in the world. Well, I I feel like this is such a perfect precursor to, um, again, Tarot 101, where you get an entire course. And again, even if you know Tarot and want to get deeper and, you know, just, you know, explore more, this is a great six-week course on Tuesday evening, starting June 15th. Um, so sign up for that. Please join us. And again, if you have questions about the course or anything or anything tarot related mm-hmm. or just want Sophia's genius, join us for that IGTV Aww. tonight. <laughs> yeah, why not? And ask questions. How fun. 
And hopefully we'll see you in the course. And you're amazing. And join class, a weekly class with her as well. I mean, that's the easiest thing you can do. And it's always great. And you're great. And thank you for spending thank the time. You. And of course, it's thank awesome. You, I love that we did that reading. And I think it's hilarious that it was the three of swords. Yeah, it's very appropriate. It's very appropriate. And I'm so honored to be on the podcast and have the opportunity to connect with the Den community. It's we been so you. wonderful teaching and I'm so impressed with, you know, the questions that people have in class and just the, you know, generosity of spirit and engagement. It's it's really exciting to get to connect with people that really, you know, want want to learn and and are so intelligent and and like tapped into their, you know, spiritual selves. It's such a great community and I'm so glad you're part of it. I love that. Yeah, we're lucky. So come join us, whoever's listening and have an amazing day. And I can't wait to have IGTV and we'll make sure we pull the three of swords early that day. So people can see <laughs> come, come prepared to talk yeah, about the drama. I, <laughs> I definitely want to hear how it plays out. I'll, I'll let be you know thinking about that. Out. Me too, for sure. And let us know how it plays out for you. Yes. <laughs> we're all bracing ourselves we're jumping head first probably just jumping in head first what else can you do that's all you can do really all you surrender can do. thank you so much sophia yeah thank you tall have a beautiful day or evening your east coast so all have good a beautiful evening. you have a beautiful day Den Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.